Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Jeff Cottrell. He's the Chief Brand Officer for Topgolf. At Topgolf, he leads all aspects of their global marketing, experience design, partnerships, consumer insights, communications, charitable giving, and retail and membership program. He joined Topgolf in 2021 with a passion for building both diverse and talented teams and a reputation in the industry for innovative thinking and creativity. Prior to his joining Topgolf, he was at Coca-Cola as the head of marketing for North America, where he led the strategic vision for all marketing channels and sports entertainment properties for all the Coca-Cola brands. Previous to that, he was general manager and chief marketing officer for Converse, a division of Nike, and previously served in leadership roles at Starbucks, Procter & Gamble, and the global advertising agency Mullen Lowe. He was recently recognized in 2022 by both Forbes for Entrepreneurial CMO List and Business Insider CMOs to Watch. On the show today, we talk about Topgolf, what they're doing, how they're, where the business is going. We talk about their special partnership with the Special Olympics, the new campaign, Come Play Around. We also talk about the culture of golf and how that's evolving over time, as well as the mission that Topgolf has to enable players to hit 50 billion balls between now and the end of 2025. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jeff Cottrell. Well, 
Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. Before we get into you and your current role, I, I do have to ask a pretty serious question. You are the CMO at Top Golf, which you don't consider yourself a golfer. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great <laughs> question. It's true. I'm not a very good golfer. I haven't, uh, I didn't grow up playing golf my whole life. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a very good golfer. And I'm also not the guy who says I'm not a good golfer and then shows up at the golf course and beats anyone. <laughs> I can guarantee you I will never beat you at golf. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. Well, I am not a good golfer either. Uh, I, I tell people I, I, uh, I do like to swing the club. Yeah, as um, do I, yeah. And I think if I had, yeah, you know, I don't know, more, more light beer in the cooler, I get, a, <laughs> I become a better golfer. But, uh, but anyway, I do enjoy some top golf. So as do I. So let's, sure. let's talk about that. How, where'd you get your start in your career? And like, how did you become the CMO at top golf? It's uh, so I started my career at Procter and Gamble. I spent 11 years there. I then spent some time at Coca-Cola Starbucks, Nike, where I was the chief marketing officer for Converse, was in an agency, ran an agency for a year, and then went back to Coke and have been at Top Golf now for almost two and a half years. Um, how I got here is kind of a crazy story. I, I knew the CEO from a previous life. He was the uh, Artie Stars. He's like the greatest guy in the world and was the um, CMO at, uh, at Pizza Hut. I mean, the CEO at Pizza Hut. And uh, he sort of recruited me. But I guess the real funny story that how it got to Top Golf is I was working for Coke. I was leading marketing in North America, and I had an opportunity to play golf with Jordan Spieth, the professional, you know, the professional golfer, greatest guy ever. And I hadn't played golf in years, so I told my team, "I'm gonna not play." And uh, they, they, we had East Lake in Atlanta closed, and it was Jordan, his agent, two people that I worked with at Coke, and me. And I walked along. Side Jordan for 18 holes, and we just talked and hung out. And at the end of the, uh, the, the round, he said to me, the next time I see you, you better be playing golf. <laughs> so um, I went that weekend, I bought some golf clubs, I got fitted for some, some Callaway golf clubs. And then I called Top Golf in Midtown Atlanta and signed up for lessons and took lessons at Top Golf for a year and a half. So about three years later, when I got the call to be the CMO at, at Top Golf, you know, I had this story like, oh my God, I, I wouldn't even have taken this call. I had had Jordan Spieth not challenged me to play, and I wound up taking lessons at Top Golf. So it's kind of a funny story how I got here. No, that is funny. That is funny, and I mean, a, a very unique story. Not everyone can say they were challenged to play golf by Jordan Spieth. So. Right. <laughs> and then I saw him my, my first month back. My first month at Top Golf, we had a fundraiser for Jordan and his uh, foundation in Dallas. Hmm. And I walked up to him and I'm like, "Hey, remember me?" And he was like. No. Uh, and, uh, I'm like, well, you know, we met. He's like, oh, yeah, you're the guy from Coke. And I'm like, well, you know, that end of that round, you challenged me to play. And guess what? You know, I'm now the CMO at, at Top Golf. And, you know, it's because of you. You inspired me to pick up a golf club and, and learn how to play again. And uh, we, had a, we had a good laugh about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about Top Golf a little bit. What are you guys trying to accomplish? And, Give me a little status on the business today. Like, what does it look like? Size and scope, that kind of thing. So we have 91 venues, uh, building 11, 12 venues a year for the next, for the foreseeable future. It is an absolute wonderful place to work. The leadership team, the executive leadership team is great. Our playmakers, we have 30,000 playmakers that work in our venues and really bring the brand to life every day. We have three core businesses. We have our venue business, which is the most obvious and visible uh, business. 
We have a um, mobile game business where we have WGT, which is the largest mobile golf game in the world mm. as part of our business. And we also have Top Tracer, which is the number one tracing technology in the world. And those three brands or those three businesses kind of come together and, um, and really form Top Golf and what we mean, you know, what we're trying to mean is a brand of the market. That's awesome. I mean, I didn't know about the video game piece and I, I didn't know about the top tracer. How do those two pieces dovetail into the, the core, what I know, the core venues, if you will? Yeah, I mean, we, we now have top tracer technology at all of our venues. So every golf ball hit at a top golf is being traced mm-hmm. by um, top tracer. So you get your, you know, your distance, your ball speed, your swing speed, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that technology we're also using with driving ranges and green grass golf courses where we sell a product to them and a, basically a solution to them to, because we live in a, we live, I mean, we live in a video game world where right. you know, <laughs> everything's a, like a video game yeah. and, you know, bringing technology to the, to a driving range and for serious golfers or golfers that are a driving range that want to play games, we're bringing solutions to them. And, uh, it's a really, it's a fun business. That's awesome. And yeah. how do you think about who you guys serve today? Like, what do they look like? Well, they look like everybody. Mm. I mean, we're the, here's the, the thing. We're trying to make the game of golf more accessible, right? The game of golf has got a lot of barriers to entry. It can mm-hmm. be incredibly intimidating and historically hasn't been the most diverse sport in the world. But I'll say it's a, golf is a wonderful game. That right. Anybody who plays can benefit significantly in life skills and relationship skills and in, in athletic skills. Mm. So we want to provide more access to people to play golf. So first and foremost, provide, make the game more accessible. The result of us making the game more accessible is that the game becomes more diverse. And when the game becomes more diverse, the game becomes more fun for more people. Mm. And it's really that simple. Make the game more accessible. Make your first impression with golf fun and a good memory. I think about when I took my first golf lesson when I was in like eighth grade in Tampa, Florida at a country club. My dad signed me up for lessons. I was a soccer player. I showed up after soccer practice and I had soccer shorts on. And the, the, the golf pro was like, well, you can't wear those. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I can't wear these. And he, he's like, you can't wear those shorts. And I'm like, well, you're wearing shorts. And he said, well, my shorts have pockets. And I was in eighth grade. And I was like, well, I don't have anything to put in my pockets. I don't need pockets. You, you can't play in those shorts. And I remember that was my first impression. The golf was being told that I couldn't be myself. I couldn't. I had to wear something special to play golf. And mm. we're trying very hard to remove that kind of stuff for people's first introduction to the game. We want people to not worry about what they're wearing. We want them to worry about playing and having fun and enjoying themselves. And that first memory, if it's a good one, could lead to a second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, hundredth memory with the game of golf. But it's mm. all how you meet somebody and where you meet them and how you meet them. I love that. I love that. And I hear you guys you're now, you've got some news, I guess, around a medal event and uh, that you are a medal event for the Special Olympics. But I, tell me a little bit more about that. How that came about. So when our, our, this whole idea around bringing more play to the world, making the game more accessible and the things we do with our, our charitable initiatives. We have a, a woman named Tiffany Brush that works for us that leads what we call Driving for Good. She came to me one day and said, hey, I'd like to start to talk to the Special Olympics. I think it could be a really interesting and meaningful relationship. And I was like, that sounds great. She came back a couple months later and said, well, listen, I've been talking to the Special Olympics and you know, they're really excited about working with us. We have a lot of Special, Olympi- Special Olympian athletes that work at Top Golf. 
Mm. We're going to do, we're going to become a medaled sport in the Olympics, in the Special Olympics. And I, I literally like dropped my phone on my <laughs> desk and was like, what'd you say? Like, what? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're working with the Special Olympics to make top golf a sport that, uh, that folks can play in medal. And uh, to me, it's the, a, a living, breathing example of us putting our efforts and our money where our mouth is and trying to make the game more accessible for more people. That's so awesome. we like, it's the, it's the, maybe one of the things that I'm the very most proud to be associated with in my entire, entire career. It's a, it's a really meaningful relationship for us. We're excited about where it's going to go. Yeah. But I mean, it, it sounds fantastic. And, um, I mean, for those people that are listening to this and they've been hiding under a rock and haven't been to top golf venue yet, or maybe there's not one yet near them. It's just an amazing experience. Uh, I, I usually, we usually go my family and another family to hang out, just have fun pick on each other a little bit for how good or bad we are. <laughs> I just have a good old time. And, and, but there are serious pros there, like tracking the tracers, you know, checking their ball speed. So it literally is everybody, everybody. Yeah, it, That's the intent is to be welcoming for everybody. We've got uh, what we call directors of instruction or coaches mm-hmm. who teach lessons. Like I told you, I took lessons for yeah. a year and a half at top golf right. um, long before I came here. And uh, so if you're the very beginner of a beginner, we're there for you. And if you're a good golfer and you want to play St. Andrews, you can play St. Andrews on our screen. <laughs> so for all, we're, we're for all levels of golfers and we're trying to make it fun for everyone. Love it. Love it. Well, I, I hear you've got a new campaign coming out. Tell me more about that campaign, what, it, what the source of it is. Yeah, I think we launched our first global campaign in January called Come Play Around. It's basically just a, an open invite for um, people to come and play. We believe the world needs more play in it. And we believe we want to be, or we want to be, one of the driving forces of bringing more play to the world. So we launched in January. And then uh, we have a second phase of the campaign where we replaced real people with real people, but CGI generated hand heads. So (laughs) we replaced people's heads with uh, golf glove hands. And uh, just to have some fun and to be a little bit disruptive in the game of golf, and then show, you know, we live in a world where people are using hand emojis and hand signals to, <laughs> to, to, to communicate with one another all the time. So we wanted to show through these hands, uh, these hand heads, <laughs> the emotion of what it feels like, the fun and the, the release and the, just the fun. So we had some fun with it and it's been, uh, it's been really successful. It's been very well received. And uh, yeah, I think if, if you see it, it, you know, it's intended to kind of make you chuckle. And uh, if we do that, then we've done our job. You've, I mean, you've worked at some storied brands, you know, P&G and their portfolio, Coca-Cola, Starbucks, not to name all the ones you did earlier, but Converse, Nike, et cetera, and Topgolf. And I was just curious, as you think about building a good campaign, like, is there anything that comes to mind that's like, you got to deliver on X or Y? Well, I think you have to make it, whatever you're doing, you have to make it interesting. And you have to think about the audience. I was, I, I did a, a, a class the other day within Top Golf. We have a training day called Level Up, and I taught a class on storytelling. Mm. You know, if you if you're going to tell a great story, you have to first think about the recipient of who's going to receive the story, <laughs> right? It, right? It doesn't matter what you have to say; it matters what they are willing to hear. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's first and foremost thinking about how can we entertain folks in a way that isn't annoying or pestering or or getting in their way. So, first and foremost, I think you just got to think about your audience. And you need to make sure that your audience can see themselves in the communications that you're, you're creating. 
And then, you know, in today's world, you know, you're, if you're a brand and you're advertising, you're advertising against everybody and you're advertising against attention spans. Right. So you got to bring something that's going to be a little bit more memorable and a little bit, a little bit disruptive in a, in a positive way. I love it. I love it. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well... We've been talking about golf. Where do you think the game of golf is going? And and as a part of that, where is Top Golf going? So I think there's never been a more fun and interesting time for the sport, the game of golf. There's so much going on at the professional level that I'll leave to for other experts to <laughs> comment and talk about. But what we're seeing is, you know, for the first time, you're seeing golf, particularly with youth culture and youth culture sneaker culture. Mm. Golf is now cool. And I mean, cool with the kids that decide kind of what's cool in the world, <laughs> right? And it's right. the, um, you know, you've got brands like uh, the, the Nike Jordan brand. You know, the Jordan 1 is arguably one of the most important sneakers in the history of sneakers. It's now also a golf silhouette. And right. um, you've got uh, New Balance getting into it. You've got Adidas getting into it. So you've got emerging brands like uh, Malvin and Devereaux you're just seeing like this explosion, particularly in fashion and uh, the style of the game. Mm. So you're seeing folks that I think have grown up in the street culture world that have had a big influence on culture and what's cool and what's not cool, all playing golf now, thanks to COVID Mm. probably. Right. But they're really loving golf and we're opening our doors and working with all these emerging brands to give them a platform so that they can get their word out on their brands. And it's, it's, a, it's a really fun time. So where are we going? We're going to continue to build venues and we're going to continue to make the game accessible. We're going to continue to try to focus on bringing more play to the world. And as a result, you know, we're going to, our business, we, we, we believe will grow, will continue to grow. And then I think what you're going to see is, you know, we've, we just did a big study with the NGF this past year and off-course golf is now bigger than on-course golf, if you can believe that. More people are playing <laughs> off-course golf, types of golf, whether it's a top golf like or a video game or some other or virtual reality, but, but off course golf is, is very popular. And then we're seeing for the first time, there's always been this question, does top golf lead to creating more golfers? We're seeing that 10% of people who are playing green grass golf now are crediting part of their journey to top golf. Wow. So you think about, there's a whole bunch of people that play golf now that are, you know, getting older that didn't grow up with top golf being part of their world. But you've got every day millions, I mean, thousands and thousands and every year, millions and millions of people coming through our venues, playing golf for the first time, loud music and food and laughter with their friends and no intimidation. 
So if you play that forward 10 years, you know, there's going to be a, an impact on the personality of the game. And we're, mm. I mean, we want to respect all the traditions of the game. We love right. golf. Right. Four of the seven <laughs> letters in our name is golf. So we want golf right. in all of its forms to be healthy and to be growing. But we also want to have, have a new access point for people to come into the game mm. and remove some of the historical barriers that have existed. And again, we believe accessibility leads to diversity. Diversity leads to more fun for more people. And the game will grow as a result. The result will be the game will grow. And uh, I think for years, the, the, the sport, you know, the goal has been grow the game right. and that's not a goal. That's a result. Like <laughs> right. the game grows is the result of the things you do. And we're trying to do the things that we hope will be the result of, of growth for the game and love for us, for our business. I love that. I love that. And the, the notion, I mean, you talk about like the people that play golf. I mean, I, I grew up in North Carolina and skateboard culture when I was growing up was big right now all they yeah. all those guys that used to be like counterculture are playing golf that's right, right? That's exactly right yeah they're and showing up to the course their shirts are untucked right they got tattoos on their arms and their legs and up on their neck and like right. and they're whacking the ball like no one you've ever seen and uh yeah. I think it's the greatest thing in the world I mean I worked for Converse for a long time we did a lot of stuff in skateboarding uh, I have a lot of friends that are skateboarders, professional mm -hmm. skateboarders, and to see them playing golf and showing up and <laughs> like maybe not looking like the traditional golfer, but being every bit as serious right. about, about the game is uh, like Justin Eldridge is a, a mm -hmm. guy that used to skate for girl skateboards. And uh, man, this guy is like legit obsessed <laughs> with the game of golf and he's really good. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's fun to see skateboarding and basketball culture, street culture kind of yeah. coming to to golf and you're seeing the golf being a centerpiece of a lot of fashion these days yeah. uh, a lot of brands getting in so the key is to get in in a credible way right and contribute to the game and not just try to you know copy and rip it off yeah because yeah. um, it's popular so that's what we're trying it. to do i love it i love it well i know you've got a mission to enable players to hit 50 billion balls between now and the end of 2025 that sounds big and audacious. Like how, how are you, how are you doing against that goal? That's, that's a big one. Um, it, it is big and audacious. And I think just a little over a year ago, we put that in place and I think we're at 15 billion wow. so far. So we've, you know, we're, we're trying to encourage people to play. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways we want to measure whether people are playing or not is, is are they hitting, hitting balls? And it could be hitting a golf ball in WGT or video game or mobile game. It mm -hmm. could be hitting a golf ball in Shank Stars or other mobile video game, <laughs> or it could be at a top tracer range or a top golf, a top golf venue. So, um, yeah, we, we just look at that as a fun way to track uh, our progress and also track like, you know, what's the contribution here in terms of how many shots are being taken <laughs> as a result of, uh, of top golf. So, you know, on some level, we want to try to be part of every single shot that anyone takes in golf, like as a, as a, as a company, as a top golf company, as, as the, the family of brands that we have, Travis Matthew, the Callaway brand, OGO, a lot of brands in the family that are associated with, with the game of golf. Love it. I love it. Well, it's been fun to talk about golf. You guys are on a roll. <laughs> I guess that was pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I hope that one day I'll be able to hit the back of the fence. Um, you, you will, you will, I, you know, a buddy of mine hits it every once in a while when we were out usually once at least once while we're there and i i just shake my head i'm like one yeah. day one day one day that's so funny i remember my first lesson at top golf 
I had a coach named Emmy Herbert. She, mm-hmm. She's just, she was terrific. And I just couldn't strike the ball. I was just having <laughs> such a hard time. My first lesson was awful. And then um, as we progressed, I could hit the, you know, hit the back net with a, like a, a seven iron. And I was, wow. I, I remember my first time, like my face was like, she was so surprised. She was like, you just, that was incredible. And I was like, Oh my God. And you know, we, we've, we've seen some stuff through research with the NGF that there's this thing called shot euphoria, mm. um, that, you know, if you play a round of 18 holes and you shoot, you know, you take 130 strokes to finish 18 holes. If you hit the ball once the right way and get that sweet feeling of shot euphoria, you're going to come back again. Mm. It's pro- It's proven. So when you get that moment, when you make that contact, <laughs> And it sounds just right. Yeah. And it hits the net. And it's like a moment. For me, it was a massive moment of celebration from like, <laughs> I can't even hit the ball six inches. And now I can hit the back net. So I can't, you know, anymore. I don't, I, I, that was during my lessons. I, think. I need to get back in for some more lessons. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, one of the things we like to do on the show is get to know you a little bit better. And, and uh, sure. my favorite question to ask everybody that comes on the show is, has there been an experience of your past that defines and makes up who you are today? Oh, wow. There's so, so many. I've been so fortunate. I've been able to, I've worked for some great brands. Um, but more importantly, I've worked with some great people who've kind of, uh, taught me a lot along the way. I didn't study marketing in college. I never even took a marketing course in college. So I have to give credit to the people that I've worked with next to and for, but I think that there is an experience. There's something that happened to me years ago when I met my wife. My wife was a creative director in an advertising agency, and I was working for Procter and Gamble. And um, P and G is the best place in the world to learn how to market. They teach you all the the basics and the fundamentals, and they're so so darn good at it. But at the time, uh, if you were if you had a creative mind and a restless creative mind, you know you were you weren't always encouraged to to share new ideas because they had a way to do. Things. Right. And my wife said to me one day, like, "Man, you are like ridiculously creative." And I remember saying, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not, not at all. She's like, no, you're like, you're ridiculously creative and you're in the wrong field. And I was like, what do you mean? She, or, or maybe you're at the wrong place mm. because there's so much going on inside your head and you've got you've to <laughs> let your creativity, like you got to let it out and you got to use it. Mm. So that gave me the courage to actually leave P&G and pursue other opportunities that allowed me to be more creative in the way I think and some of the things that I've done from a marketing standpoint. So yeah, the experience that probably changed me the most, most is meeting her and having her see me in a different light, in a different mm-hmm. way that I saw myself and, uh, and help me see myself in a different way. You know, I owe everything to her for that. We've been married mm-hmm. for 28 years. Wow. Well, you're a smart man for marrying that woman. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, well, what advice besides marrying your wife would you give your younger self if you were starting all over again? I, th- I think to, to a couple things. One, to, to always be curious. Curiosity leads to opportunity, always, because curiosity leads to learning. Learning leads to opportunity. So be more curious. Uh, be less afraid. Be less intimidated when you're the youngster in the room and you think what you have to say isn't as important because your title isn't as big as someone else in the room. So uh, speak up. Speak up, you know, uh, you're paid to think. I had a boss that told me that one day, uh, hey, I pay you to think. So tell me what you think. <laughs> and uh, I was afraid because I wasn't, I, I was afraid because I was the youngest person in the room. So 
you know, be curious and speak up and have a point of view and, and always be willing to, to learn. I think, I think I would be more curious. I would push myself to be more curious and then maybe speak up a little bit, a little bit more uh, than maybe I did when I was younger, but yeah, that's it. Awesome. And be nice to people. Like my parents <laughs> taught me that, but like, you know, I would remind myself to be nice to people. <laughs> I, I like, I like being nice to people, but yeah, speaking, of, speaking of curiosity, are there any topics that either you're trying to learn more about right now, or you think marketers need to be learning more about? I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, marketing is such a funny thing. Marketers are such funny people. <laughs> um, we, we, we just, for some reason, we can't help ourselves. We chase all the most current trends and <laughs> right. there's a new, new buzzword or an acronym that shows up in uh, ad week or ad age. And like, we all chase it. And I've, I've built my career on not doing that. <laughs> but I will tell you that the one thing that everybody should be really keenly aware of and doing everything they can to learn about is AI. Yeah. And uh, I think it's going to be super interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know, they're predicting the death of marketers because, uh, you know, AI can do that. But I think you still need, uh, still going to need the right people to ask the right questions. Mm. But I think there's a really interesting opportunity for us to harness the power of it and use it for good, mm. not just use it to trick people to buy more soap or more right. um, deodorant, but to use it to understand how better to connect with people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's the thing I think I'm trying to learn the most about. I I, I think I, I think you're right. And I, I, the people I'm watching are people like your wife, like the creative folks that are using and playing with it to create something that's derivative from it, right? Not just right. rely on it by itself. Yeah, um, yeah. Because uh, many of my like math friends would say like, if you rely on it yourself, eventually if you trained it on the same data as everybody else, it's like a regression to the mean eventually. That, that, exactly. Exactly. So, so it's just, it's just, it's just super fascinating to see what impact it's going to have on culture and what impact it's going to have on art. My wife's now a professional fashion photographer and it's just interesting to see what, what's going to, what's going to happen. I think that's the thing, you know, like it's funny, man, crypto and NFTs and all that stuff came hard a couple of years ago. Right. And, uh, I was like, Nope. You know, when I first got to top golf. Someone said, Oh, NFTs. And I'm like, not for top golf. <laughs> we are not going to jump in and chase all yeah, that and, yeah. and it, may, it may turn out in the end to be something super meaningful but yeah. just because it was the thing that everybody was doing right i i like refuse to do what everybody else is doing i built my career on like seeing what everybody else is doing and then doing the opposite yeah no i mean i think that's smart uh zig when everybody else is zagging the only i, I will say in people chasing things I never thought QR codes would be as powerful as they are today, but it Dude, took a global pandemic for that to occur, right? Like right? if you put it in perspective. So I mean, come on, we all looked at those like, that's never going to work. No, like that yeah. just seemed like the dumbest thing in the world. It covered up the beautiful ad, you know, like, totally. yeah. Right. But I mean, my gosh, digital menu, <laughs> you're like, holy smokes, this it's, is incredible. And then you, and then all of a sudden it was like, wow, this thing could be super powerful. So, um, we're not doing a ton with them, but they're certainly like, you're right. Like that was a thing that like came and went. Yeah. And then, and then the pandemic, like <laughs> roaring who back. won the pandemic, yeah. QR codes. QR codes. Pandemic, <laughs> yeah, <for sure>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I got two more questions for yeah. you. Are there any trends or subcultures that you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm fascinated with art and creativity. So I mm. follow I follow as many street artists as I can. My, 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 who I follow on my Instagram and feed is uh, 
as anybody who's doing something in the creative world, whether it's a musician, a uh, street artist, a uh, visual artist, uh, writers, just creative people. I'm a big fan of skateboard culture. Street culture is a big thing that I, I watch for um, cultural trend cues coming out of street culture. Super fascinating. Sneaker culture, like because I worked there so long, I've got over 300 pairs of sneakers. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm a, ma- a massive sneaker fanatic. So I keep an eye on that subculture as well. And it keeps me young in my mind, I think. Mm-hmm. Not in my body, but in my mind, maybe. <laughs> it keeps me young and it keeps me connected to uh, the things that are going on and the collaborations that are happening in the footwear and apparel world, you know, teaches me about who the new voices are, you know, who the new, new, new creative voices in, in music or art or fashion. So it's, it's a, a, a way to keep up. I love that. Happening. Awesome. Well, last question for you. What do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? Uh, the biggest threat facing marketers today is one word, three letters. It's ego. Uh, we tend as a breed marketers tend to be, uh, you know, we sometimes fall into these, these places where we kind of know it all. And, uh, Mm. we don't know it all. We don't know anything. Our job should be a constant quest for knowledge and for learning. And again, back to curiosity, but I think ego is, is the thing. Like I look at these big giant, you know, uh, awards things that the, the, the industry does in France and, you know, mm-hmm. and I know that, you know, it's nice to win awards, but my goodness, thousands right. of people go into France to pat themselves on the back while, um, they're, while the client and the consumer is ultimately paying for those trips. Mm-hmm. It's that stuff in the marketing world that kind of makes me, I don't know, it just, it just doesn't feel right to me. Right. Uh, the excess and the ego and the, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, your job as a marketer is to understand your consumer and serve them with great products, great experiences, and in some cases, interesting, meaningful services. And all the rest is just noise. And ego is the thing that causes so much of the noise. So uh, I'm sure I have an ego. I'm sure we all do. (laughs) But uh, I just tried not to let it get in the way. Yeah, I love that. I love that sentiment. Well, Jeff, it's been fascinating to have you on the show. You're welcome anytime you want to come back. It's been fun. And yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, I don't take things like this for granted. So I'm grateful, very grateful to have been asked to do this. And any, I'm happy to come back anytime you want me. Awesome. Awesome. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today. And you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.